Our second lesson and also the basis of our brief message this morning is taken from the prophet Isaiah, the ninth chapter beginning at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of our Lord. Let's say that someone that you know is pregnant. The due date is getting a little bit closer and closer. And one of the questions that you might ask the mother-to-be is, do you have any names picked out yet? We put a lot of stock in names, don't we? We tend to have impressions about certain names. There might be certain names that, that trigger certain feelings in us. And even before we meet somebody, before we even see a picture of them, if we know their name, we might kind of have a feeling about what type of person that is. Oh, I knew a Michael once. He was really strange. And so when you meet somebody named Michael, you might have that feeling in your head for whatever reason it is. This evening, as we're celebrating the birth of our Savior, the prophet Isaiah tells us some names, many names, of this Savior to come, this child. We can definitely say that, that this child has many names. Now, before we get to talking about those names specifically, there are just a couple of things that Isaiah points out that are important to think about that set this child apart from any other child. First off, this child brings light. In verse 2, Isaiah said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light shone. The darkness that people were walking in? Sin. Sin and death were the darkness that have covered the world since the time of that first sin in the garden. And since that first sin, we stumble around in the darkness. We can't see on our own which way to go. We are headed for eternal destruction because of that. Because we can't see our own way. But then comes this child. This child who would grow up and then say, I am the light of the world. Yes, Jesus came to this world to show us the light, to be the light for us so that we can follow him. He says, I will take you to heaven. Simply follow me. Follow the light that I am. And this child is not only the greatest light ever, but he's also one who is going to sit on David's throne forever. This was a reference to a specific prophecy about the promised Savior that was made about 300 years prior to Isaiah writing this. A prophecy made through Nathan to David himself, saying that there would be a descendant, that David would have a descendant who would come 
and who would reign on his throne forever. It was a clear reference to the Messiah, the Savior of the world, who would be the everlasting king and the, and the best king, more, more so than anything David could ever be. And then Isaiah gives us an even clearer picture of this child, this, this Savior to come, when he has these different names that he says this child will be called. Wonderful Counselor. This child is going to be extraordinary. He's going to be spectacular. And he's going to be so because of how he counsels us. He advises us through his word. He tells us the way to salvation. He tells us, first off, that we are sinners. That's an important part to keep in mind. But then he gives us the good news. The good news of forgiveness and mercy. Explaining that that he is the one who has come to rescue us out of everlasting death to bring us to heaven. What a wonderful counselor. This child to come is the mighty God. That he is God, the, the one true God is clear throughout the Bible. But how can this child be considered mighty? This child comes, he's going to be born in very humble circumstances, laid in a, in a manger, in a, in a stable. He's going to grow up looking like any other child. He's going to learn a trade. And then he's going to let his enemies kill him. How can that be considered mighty? It's kind of the opposite in our minds. And yet... The very opposite is what takes place, that through his life and suffering and death, and especially his resurrection, Jesus actually defeated his enemies. He defeated our enemies, our enemies of sin and death and the devil. He truly is the mighty God. This child to come is the everlasting father. Now, this name might be a little bit confusing. How can the child be the father? Well, let's talk about the everlasting part first. It's clear already that this child to come is clearly going to be God and that we know that God is everlasting. He is without beginning, without end. He says that he is I am. That's his name that he gives in the Old Testament And so if this child is truly God, if he is the I am, well, then he also has no beginning, no end. He is everlasting. But how can the child be the father? Well, what's being emphasized here is that the child is going to be equal to the father in terms of his Godhead. We know that the son, Jesus, is equal to God, the father, And both of them are equal to the Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity are equal when it comes to their divine nature. And in addition, he's called the everlasting father because what does a true father do? A true father cares for his children. And we're told that that's true about our Father, God the Father, because in Psalm 103 it says that he is the Father who has compassion on his children. So yes, this child, the Savior to come, will be the everlasting Father because he truly cares for us. And finally, this child to come is the Prince 
of peace. The title prince lets us know that he is royalty. And we know that was true of Jesus. Even though Jesus said that his kingdom was not of this world, we still know that he was a king. And so that title prince is definitely appropriate. But he's not just royal, he's the prince of peace. Martin Luther said about this name, In the kingdom of Christ there is grace, comfort, forgiveness of sins, joy, peace. The forgiveness of sins is justification, and peace follows justification. When God declares us not guilty of our sins because of Christ, when he makes that declaration, he justifies us, and therefore he establishes peace between us and him. We are at peace with God. We are at peace in our souls. So you see why all of these names are important? They definitely tell us many things about this promised Savior, about the Messiah. So as we focus on celebrating Jesus' birth, keep all of these names in mind. Jesus' many names mean your eternal salvation. Amen.